The Corbett Report is brought to you by the 2010 Video Archive DVD. Buy your copy today at CorbettReport.com. You're listening to The Corbett Report. CorbettReport.com. Welcome back to the broadcast, friends. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. Once again, I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and I'm coming to you today, as every day, from the exceptionally sunny climbs of Western Japan. And I don't know the best way to do the lighting for this. For those of you watching the video on CorbettReport.com, for those of you listening in Radio Land, welcome to the broadcast this evening. And tonight we have an interesting conversation lined up for you from north of the border. We're going to be talking to our old friend Dan Dix of PressForTruth.tv, also PressForTruth.ca, also YouTube.com slash WeavingSpider. And if you haven't checked out Dan Dix's work yet, you, well, what are you doing? Uh, he's been doing excellent documentaries and excellent video reports and news and updates and interviews uh, for a number of years now, so it's always a pleasure to have him on the program. Dan Dix, thanks for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure, my friend. Thanks for having me on. Well, let's uh, let's go cut straight to the chase and straight to the uh, the question that everyone's waiting for. What did you go go as for Halloween? Uh, oh, oh, man, you got me. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm not much for one, uh, not one much for celebrating uh, the, the occultic uh, ceremonial um, the anniversaries. <laughs> so I, I tend to stay away from that. I thought I was the only one. No, I, I couldn't care less about Halloween. But, uh, but okay, let's move on to something that really matters. And uh, one of the real reasons for having you on tonight, you have a forthcoming documentary that's about to, to release. Uh, tell us some details about this. Yeah, we're getting all set to release our new film, uh, The Turning Point, uh, coming out on Monday, coming to YouTube on Monday, November 5th, and we extensively document the Bilderberg Group. Uh, many people are, might be aware that I attended the meeting in Chantilly, Virginia there a few months back, and uh, just to document the event and uh, provide coverage of the event while we were there, interview some of the members of the independent media who were also there covering the event, and then... When we got home from that trip, um, we decided, you know what, we think we have the solid makings of a really good documentary here. Um, so we started compiling our footage and uh, working on working on the new film. And we've been going hard on it for the last four months, I guess it's been. And um, that one is just getting set to release this Monday. So we're very, very excited to get, get this one out there and expose the very secretive elitist group known as the Bilderberg Group. Excellent. And November 5th, Monday, would there be any uh, coincidence there to that being the day before the puppet presidential election? Uh, no coincidence. Uh, we we um, Last time we released a film, we released it on a Monday. Um, we wanted to do it in and around that time, so we figured, hey, why not Monday? And um, we, we, you know, I, I don't think the, the election is going to overshadow the release or anything. Um, but, oh, certainly uh, not. But I, I would hope at least one or two people would find the documentary and maybe change their views on their political puppet of choice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And anybody out there who's getting tired of the, the, the false left right, uh, it's, it's more choreographed than a ballet. What we're seeing It's just ridiculous. You know, tune out of that. And tune into YouTube on November 5th and watch the turning point. You know, it's get away from the, the circus show and uh, delve into some real information with our new film coming out on Monday. 
I just, I just found a new marketing point for you. No, but absolutely. This is, this is such an important documentary because once again, Bilderberg and organizations like it are underlying the political system and have been for decades. And if we are only just starting to learn about them now, it does beg the question of what else are we missing? And, uh, the, the, the answer to that is something that I think we're all engaged in right now. But, uh, we come to a better understanding through documentaries like this. Tell us about some of the people who are going to be appearing in the documentary. Uh, sure. I had uh, the opportunity to uh, interview um, people like uh, Luke Radowski, who was obviously there uh, providing his live stream and doing all the great coverage that Luke always does with WeAreChange.org. Uh, I uh, interviewed uh, Adam uh, Kokesh and uh, Mark Dice and um, uh, just just a whole number of, of people who were involved in independent media in their own uh, unique ways. So as much as it was a uh, Bilderberg, a conference for Bilderberg, it was also like an independent media summit where we all got together to do what we do uh, together. So all those guys are, are in the film as well. Excellent. All right, well, let's take a short break. We'll be right back once again talking to Dan Dix of PressForTruth.ca. Stay tuned right there. We'll be right back. All right, friends, welcome back. Welcome back. Of course, this is Corbett Report Radio, and I am your host, as always, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. If you're just tuning in tonight, we are talking to Dan Dix from my home and native land of Canada, and tonight we're talking about a forthcoming documentary from Press for Truth called The Turning Point. And once again, for people who don't know Dan Dix and his previous work, of course, his previous documentaries are available online, including Into the Fire and uh, and United We Fall. Just some excellent work that he's been doing, documenting various aspects of the coming globalist New World Order paradigm. And so I'm very much looking forward to The Turning Point. Uh, Dan, uh, tell us about this a little bit more about the documentary, the, the, the running time, um, the music selection, anything else you can tell us about uh, some of the background on this. Sure. Um, running time-wise, we uh, this time around, we wanted to uh, keep it a little shorter than our other films. All of our other films have been feature-length documentaries in and around two hours. This one we wanted to keep under an hour, so this one actually runs at 50 minutes, and uh, it's a great way, great way to share this one. You know, you can tell people it's less than an hour of your time, and uh, so it's clocking in at 50 minutes. Uh, Music-wise, um, again, I, I did all the music for this one, um, and it's always always a fun adventure to get into the studio and compose music for films. Um, I, I love that aspect of it. So, uh, again, all, all the tunes are, are done by me on this one. And anyway, what, what it really delves into is not just the, the Bilderberg Group, the history of the Bilderberg Group. Uh, we also felt it was important to show the Canadian connection to Bilderberg and point out the fact that they have a huge amount of influence on Canadian politics, the Canadian economy. And so we get into some of the key players who are Canadians who are involved in Bilderberg. Um, so... So it's the story of Bilderberg uh, kind of mixed in with the Canadian connection to Bilderberg. And then, of course, we point out the fact that um, it's a turning point for the Bilderberg group. You see, t- times are changing for groups like CFR, Trilateral, Bilderberg, all these guys. And it's because of the rise of the independent media and the amount of exposure that's coming to them um, because of alternative media, uh, alternative media. So it's a turning point for the Bilderberg group where it's getting more and more difficult now uh, for those kinds of organizations to operate in the shadows because of the rise of independent media. 
so so that that in a nutshell is is the film without without giving too much away um we have uh, some unseen uh, confrontations like uh, we we got a chance to speak with Conrad Black uh, who was on the steering committee of Bilderberg for uh, over 20 years i believe um and lots of lots of other good stuff that uh, has not yet been seen so we've been uh, very excited to to finally get this one out there so that's pretty much in a nutshell what uh, what you can expect well as a canadian i'm glad to see again fellow canadian concentrating on the canadian aspects of this because of course there is a strong canadian presence in Bilderberg, and as a human being i'm excited to see the uh, the take on that that there is a turning point for organizations like this and they are the ones running scared to a large extent now because the people are waking up to all of this but on that note we have actually a clip of the trailer which is now available online it's at youtube.com weaving spider press for truth presents the turning point official trailer so you can go there to watch it but let's uh, take a, a listen to this trailer the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Have you ever heard of the Bilderberg Group? No. No, no, never. I don't know too much about that Bilderberg thing. The Bilderberg? Uh, Bilderberg? In recent years, the lack of coverage from the mainstream media on the Bilderberg Group has been a problem as far as raising awareness about these conferences. When people say that, quote, they control the media, we're talking about the secret establishment. Where's CNN? Where's the mainstream media? Where's Fox, MSNBC? Any of these stations, they are not here. It's by far the largest Bilderberg protest that I have ever seen. A lot of alternative media, a lot of attention being brought to the Bilderbergers. Who are the companies they work for? Who else have they worked for? What are their agendas? What are they in the news doing that will tell you so much about the reach of Bilderberg, about why they invite these people, and about how they put the world together? I attended one Bilderberg meeting. I don't know if I was at that meeting. I've only been to a few of them. I was on that conference circuit for 20 years, a trilateral commission, and I went to all the individuals are influential. They don't allow the media. If the billionaire and trillionaire club, and you and I, we're not in it, we're not ever going to be in it. The Bilderberg Group was instrumental in creating the European Union and the Euro. I would say that's a pretty big deal. 2012 is a major turning point for the Bilderberg Group, as the independent media have been here providing the coverage that's been lacking from the mainstream. The mainstream media is no longer mainstream. The alternative is taking over. They're trying their damnedest to either restrict or shut down the free internet as we know it right now. got to expose what's going on here. These are the real tyrants, so we're identifying them, not the puppet presidents and prime ministers. We're going directly to the financial oligarchs. This information is power. And the truth is setting us free. When you do things in darkness, they will come to the light, and they are. We're here uh, just to shine that light.
All right, friends, that's some of the trailer for the forthcoming documentary, The Turning Point, which, again, is coming going to be dropping on Monday. So I hope you are staying tuned to Press for Truth for this documentary. Some of the things that I find very exciting about this is, uh, Dan, some of your recent confrontations that you've been doing on the Bilderberg Group with some star Canadian politicians, including the son of one of the, uh, the most revered prime ministers of all time. Let's talk about your confrontations with uh, Trudeau and Harris and others. Sure, sure, yeah, that wasn't uh, too long ago, a few weeks ago, um, I heard that uh, Trudeau was going to be at a meet and greet at a hotel in Hamilton, um, open to the public, so I thought, perfect, let's uh, let's get down there and see what he thinks about Bilderberg, his father, former Prime Minister of Canada, was, uh, w- was a member, um, and uh, we know that uh, Justin is going to be running for the leadership of the Liberal Party, so... He's no doubt uh, going to be a key player in this. Um, so we thought we'd do a little bit of a, a preemptive strike, if you will, and get him on the record um, beforehand. Uh, so I just asked him, you know, if you're invited to Bilderberg, are you going to attend? And all he would say is, I'm not here to answer questions. Uh, I, I'm not here to talk about Bilderberg. It, it, this is not the time or place for a question like that. And I told him, look, this is exactly the time and place for that. Just one simple statement, and any, anything on, on Bilderberg. And he just said, look, I, I'm not here to talk about Bilderberg. Um, but I think it, it's good to still get it on the record um, that someone like him is not willing to answer a simple question about whether or not he would attend the Bilderberg conference. Um, with uh, Mike Harris, I was actually working on uh, a video filming down at uh, Queen's Park um, and um, that, that one just fell right into my lap. It wasn't planned at all. Uh, we were already rolling. The camera was rolling. I had my wireless mic hooked up, and all of a sudden, bam, Mike Harris is right there in front of me. Um, so it, it just kind of fell right into my lap, so I just walked right up to him. Luckily, Brian was already rolling, um, so that's just kind of how it worked out. And, and I also asked him, you know, what sorts of things do you guys talk about there? What do you think? And he just said, um, you know, they have a strict policy of secrecy and uh so that's what i think about it and uh, basically walked away um so again uh, he showed uh, where his true allegiance lies and um you know sometimes in hindsight you know you, you look back and i say oh man i wish i had a followed up and said well don't you see something wrong with that sir but sometimes on on the moment it's it's hard to be uh to, to be quick like that but still he showed where his true allegiance lies and uh, that uh, he, he's not looking out for the best interests of the Canadian people, but he's simply doing the bidding of his Bilderberg, uh, Bilderberg overlords. Unfortunately so. And again, for the Americans or others in the crowd, uh, these are some pretty big-name Canadian politicians, former Premier of Ontario Mike Harris and Justin Trudeau, as you mentioned, the son of Pierre Trudeau, so one of the uh, rising stars of the political aristocracy there in Canada. So it is good that there are people that are doing the types of things that we see We Are Change doing in the U.S., for example, on a regular basis. It's good to see that happening in Canada as well, because again, it is that point of the turning point that these uh, politicians have to be made aware that, uh, yes, they are being watched, they are being held accountable for their actions in helping to destroy the sovereignty of our respective countries. Um, well, any other thoughts that you have about the uh, the, the way that the not just the politicians are handling this, but of course uh, there's a corporate side to this, there's uh, the aristocratic side with the royalty that attend these conferences. How does this all mesh into one big system, and, and what is uh, your take on how the people can start to affect that system? 
Well, I think uh, the the first thing that people need to do is is to become aware that there's a problem with the system in the first place. Um, it's it's remarkable, really, how Bilderberg has managed to stay in the shadows for so many years. Um, I remember when I first covered uh, my first Bilderberg conference. It was back in 2006, and uh, back then it was just uh, myself. Uh, Alex Jones was there. Daniel Estelan was there. And other than us three, there was maybe ten protesters or so. Um, however, that that is changing, as we're saying, is that uh, six years later, here in Chantilly, Virginia, on one of the busier days, there had to have been a, a thousand people um, at least there. Um, so, so things are coming around, but um, we're we're still at a point in regards to Bilderberg where awareness is absolutely key. So. Um, I, I think that's why we decided to make a documentary. I mean, we originally just thought we'd come back and throw together a little 10-minute YouTube video, uh, but we felt this, this, this is a lot more important and uh, deserves a lot more time and attention. Um, so I, I, would, I would say that's one of the more important things right now is to raise awareness about the issue in the first place. I mean, n- not, nothing will ever change around here until there's enough people who realize that something needs to be changed. Uh, in the first place, so I, I I think we're still at a point in regards to Bilderberg where uh, awareness uh, awareness is absolutely key. That's exactly right because more and more the online citizens media is setting the agenda for the the news uh, services, and they can only hide and cover up things as long as people are ignorant of them. So I think this is absolutely essential that we have to do a complete end run around the mainstream news and start to inform ourselves and each other. So I'm glad to see once again Press for Truth stepping into that void. Once again, let's take a short break, and we'll be right back continuing our conversation with Dan Dix, PressForTruth.ca. All right, friends, welcome back. Once again, this is Corbett Report Radio, and tonight we are talking to Dan Dix of PressForTruth.tv, PressForTruth.ca, YouTube.com slash WeavingSpider. Again, all of those links will be in the show notes for tonight's episode at CorbettReport.com, so you can go there to check that out and to find links to all of this, including the trailer for the forthcoming documentary that Dan Dix has just completed, The Turning Point, which is going to be talking about Bilderberg 2012 and the Canadian aspects of Bilderberg. And perhaps uh, myself, I have been too so far immersed into this uh, knowledge and information for so long that I can't even really imagine that people don't know about Bilderberg because I'm so immersed in it. But here we are talking about the Bilderberg conference and your confrontations about it, etc. And we haven't even really explained to the audience what Bilderberg is. So for those people out there in the audience, there are always new people tuning in. Those people out there who have never heard about Bilderberg, let's just give some background information about what it is and why it's important. Yeah, good good point. Um, let, let's take it back to the very beginning. Uh, Bilderberg started in 1954, and it was really just a, a kind of a meeting of the minds. They didn't even really have a, a name at the time. Uh, they met in uh, Oosterbeek, Netherlands in 1954 at the Hotel Bilderberg, and so that's where they decided to uh, get their name from. And um, the, the, the goal was to bring together... Um, the brightest minds in politics, mil- uh, military, uh, uh, finance, and media um, to discuss issues off the record. And they always said from the beginning um, the, the nature of the meetings are secretive um, so that they can speak frankly and that they cannot worry about the, the b- bright lights of publicity and that they can feel that they can speak their mind um, ab- about these things. And over the years... 
Um, it has uh, developed into a rather large conference that takes place once a year, every year. Uh, on average, it's roughly around 120 to 130 people are invited, um, and uh, they hold the meetings either in uh, North America or Europe. And um, it's important to remember that you have to get invited to attend the Bilderberg Conference. Uh, the lineup changes every year, um, but generally there's usually the same people on the steering committee of Bilderberg uh, who are responsible for kind of scouting out and recruiting new members uh, to invite, uh, depending on what sorts of topics are going to be uh, discussed that particular year. And because there's no uh, meetings of the minutes that are published, um, uh, a lot of people speculate about this and that and what kinds of things might have been said. It's always hard to tell, but uh, in my experience, if you pay attention to who is attending, um, you can have a better idea of what sorts of things they may be uh, discussing and uh, ha- have a better uh, uh, way of, of uh, seeing what, what may come out of this in the near future just by simply paying attention to who who is attending these conferences. So so that's basically it. Um, this is a, a, one of the major think tanks that are that are up there uh, you know along the same lines as the CFR and those kinds of groups but even a little bit more secretive. Um, so so that's basically what it is. Uh, and as I said, they've been doing this in the shadows for so long. Um, but that is all changing now with, uh, you know, with the rise of the independent media. So, um, again, it is, brings us back to the fact that this is a turning point for the Bilderberg Group and, um, things, things are, things are going to change uh, for them very, very soon. Exactly right. And it's not, it's not even just the independent media that's coming up on the internet. It's the internet itself that is really exposing some of this. It, it strikes me when I, I, I'm doing this research, I'll come across some just little hidden gems. For example, recently I came across a Washington Post article from, I believe, 1963 or somewhere around there that had been, that's now archived online. And so you can go and read it. And it's talking about attendees of the 1963 Bilderberg Conference and confirmed a few of the names in there, which I was using for one of my reports. And it strikes me that just little gems like that are just so incredible that I, sitting here in my living room in Japan, now have access to this historical information that really, I mean, back in the day, maybe uh, the people who read that report would have known that information, but they wouldn't have been able to place it into any sort of context or do any of the, the other type of work that we can now do instantly and virtually for free online. It's just an absolutely incredible, mind-boggling age to live in. So I think the turning point has been reached in a number of different ways, which, again, is why this documentary is so important for waking people up to this new paradigm. Tell people again about how they can get this documentary. Uh, sure. Um, it, uh, it's going to be available on YouTube, but um, we are going to be releasing this one uh, this weekend for um, members at pressfortruth.tv. Um, to get a uh, early look at it, and it'll be available for uh, download in, in high quality from PressForTruth.tv for members. Um, so you can go there if you'd like to uh, see the film uh, before the rest of the world. Uh, but then, of course, it'll be coming to YouTube on Monday. And um, we are putting this film out uh, for free online on Monday on YouTube. Uh, but we've also made a DVD of this uh, of this film. I have it here for your viewers. You can uh, see what that looks like. And um, as we do with all of our DVDs, we made a, a special feature on this one um, explaining kind of the making of the film, uh, the, the, the making of the soundtrack, and what the whole process was like 
uh, in regards to editing this particular project. It was a little different this time around from how we have done it on uh, previous projects. Um, so we, we explain all that in the, in the special feature there in the extras. Um, so that's another great way to show your support for Press for Truth is, is absolutely to get the DVD. Um, but certainly if you want to just wait and watch it online, you can do that on Monday. But again, we'd encourage you guys to get the hard copy. We encourage you to burn copies of it, hand them out, make thousands of them. Give them, give them to your friends and family and strangers. It's a great way to spread the word. Exactly right. And of course, if we don't support this alternative media that's bringing this information, it will not be able to flourish. So absolutely, I hope people will get their copy. Once again, let's take another short break. We'll be back with Dan Dix right after these messages. All right, friends, we're back here live this Thursday night on Corbett Report Radio. And just as a reminder for people out there listening, we will not be live on Friday night, uh, any uh, any Friday night this month, as I am preparing for my uh, presentation to a 9-11 conference that's going to be happening in Malaysia later this month. So once again, I will be getting details of that to you as soon as they're available to me. But, uh, but yes, so I'm going to be busy preparing for that and hopefully making a very good presentation to the folks there. But... Uh, let's con- let's continue talking to Dan Dix, PressForTruth.tv, PressForTruth.ca, but uh, perhaps we should make the distinction PressForTruth.ca and PressForTruth.tv. PressForTruth.tv is the membership site. Just tell people again a little bit about that and what they get with that membership. Yeah, sure. Um, we uh, wanted to uh, provide that for people who, who are, are constantly asking me, how, how can we support you? And um, so we set up PressForTruth.tv, and uh, basically, the w- members at .TV get access to high-quality downloads of all the films uh, and, and all, all the music. And plus, you get access to the daily video blogs. And um, we're still uh, working on stepping up our game there at .TV and going to be very soon in the near future working on taking the production value to a, to a new level and uh, and and uh, uh, getting the content uh, better and just trying to bring the dailies uh, to to where I'd like them to be. But um, that's uh, that that that's what that one's all about. So everything always goes on PressForTruth.ca. Um, but uh, members can get access to download stuff in high quality and uh, catch every single daily from Monday to Friday. Um, every day there at, at .tv. So that's uh, just another great way to show your support for, for the work that we're doing. Exactly right. Well, of course, Bilderberg is uh, is very much uh, top of the agenda at the moment, and, uh, and we, obviously the new documentary is going to be uh, bringing that, hopefully, to a lot more people's attention. But, uh, of course, a lot of other aspects of the police state we see unfolding like a nightmare in the legislative process there in Canada Let's talk about some of the latest uh, information, including a bill, a new bill that you just told me about just before we went on air. I hadn't even heard of yet about uh, wearing masks. Yeah, it just came out today that uh, Bill C-309 passed the House. It's on its way to the Senate where um, they're trying to make it illegal for wearing masks at uh, what, what they call an unlawful assembly. Um, so if say a protest descends into a riot or something like that, um, they would then begin arresting anyone who conceals their identity. Um, but uh, the obvious problems with that is that they can easily abuse that to to shut down uh, any legitimate protest. 
Um, whether using provocateurs or not, all it takes is one idiot in the crowd to do something, throw something at the cop or something, then all of a sudden they can declare it an unlawful assembly. And of course there's all these gray areas there, you know, is, is wearing some makeup going to be considered a mask? Is, you know, wearing a scarf in the dead of winter at a Canadian protest going to be considered a mask? And some people who wear masks don't have any intent of doing any kind of criminal activity. They they want to remain anonymous from the facial recognition cameras uh, that are at these things. They sometimes want to protect themselves from the chemical agents that police use, like tear gas and pepper spray. Um, so this hasn't um, been officially made into law yet. It's going to the Senate, but um, uh, it just passed. Uh, it was voted on today and uh, passed the House, so it's getting closer to actually uh, becoming law, which I think is ridiculous because um, I have a feeling the police here in Canada are going to abuse this bill to shut down and silence um, dissent. Unfortunately so. Again, it's just, uh, it's just a crazy thing to even contemplate that they're making legislation about this type of uh, activity. But then again, of course, we saw what was happening at the G20, as you documented so well in Into the Fire, about uh, people, for example, being stopped for simply wearing uh, uh, bandanas, etc. And uh, we saw some of that. And some people uh, have been fighting back against that. Of course, we had an in- a conversation with Nicholas Wright on uh, GRTV of last year, I believe, about his ongoing lawsuit with, or it was earlier this year, I believe, his lawsuit against the Toronto police for that. So again, unfortunately, they're trying to make uh, legislation around this type of tyranny and trying to bring it into law. And of course, another bill that a lot of people are talking about right now is Bill C-30, the Warrantless uh, Spying Act. But uh, I can't remember the official title. What is it? Protecting Children Against Internet Predators Act or some ridiculous double-speak legislation like that. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and what's uh, what the latest is. Yeah, they've, they've been using some word play shenanigans. It used to be called Lawful Access Bill. Um, but uh, people quickly learned that this would uh, allow the authorities to tap into your phones, your emails, uh, monitor your Internet activity without having to obtain a warrant. So a lot of privacy advocacy groups um, made a loud noise about this one. And so the public safety minister, Vic Taves, tried to rebrand the thing, and that's when he changed it to the Protecting Children from Internet Predators Act, obviously a ploy to say, look, you're, you're for protecting children, aren't you? You, you don't want children to uh, be, you know, you don't want internet predators going after children, don't you? Well, the people didn't fall for that wordplay uh, either. Um, and so now it's just being referred to as uh, Bill C-30. And back when um, it was kind of shelved, uh, when, when people were making a, a, a big fuss about it, it was nearly eight months ago now, um, so they're trying to reintroduce this one now, possibly hoping that people aren't paying attention anymore. But it's it's the same thing. Um, it's an attempt to block the free flow of information online and to monitor and track, trace and database just about every single thing everyone is doing. And uh, a lot of us know that this is potentially going to be used against the activist community, the independent media, protesters, um, so it's it's a great a grave concern uh, for us here in Canada. So uh, absolutely, we got to bring some awareness to the fact that they're trying to push through this uh, Bill C thirty, which is not going to be good for uh, anyone here. 
Well, again, to my mind, it's the it's the type of thing, even if you trusted that this particular government at this particular time wouldn't abuse that power and that the people who are, you know, in the positions to actually use this power in the police departments, for example, would use it like perfect angels. You're not only trusting this particular batch of people to do that, but you're trusting every subsequent batch that could ever come into that position of power not to abuse that authority. And the question is, why do we need that authority in the first place? We already have legislation and and rules in place that if they just go and get a warrant for this type of information, it doesn't matter. They can get the information. So why do they need this end run around the warrant? It's just so in your face, uh, open instantiation of tyranny that I don't know how they can possibly defend it. And not only that, but they want to uh, set up the infrastructure so that because they don't have the software currently to monitor in real time. Uh, so that's something that they want to uh, do. And, and all these companies are going to have to um, change their systems, install all this new software. No doubt it's going to run into the millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. And this is all going to be paid for by the Canadian taxpayers. So they're they're. The Canadian people are quite literally going to be funding uh, their own enslavement here through this thing. Uh, that's that's another important aspect of this one as well. I would love to just dismiss that statement with a what else is new, but again, that would downplay the seriousness of all of this and the fact that there are so many people who don't understand that they are paying for their own enslavement every day with all of these taxes going to all of these ridiculous, tyrannical organizations and, and laws and all of this that they're trying to bring in. And I would just direct people to a bizarre, ridiculous YouTube video I saw recently from the Vancouver Police Department, I believe, that put out a uh, a Vancouver Police Department confirms Canadians' top five fears about the uh, the Bill C-30. And it's uh, it's structured as if they're going to be talking about the, the the ways that people will abuse this power. But of course, it's it's oh, we really need this power because there was a woman who was robbed of her cell phone, and uh, and uh, no, there was a woman who was robbed, and she got the attacker's cell phone. And so the police wanted to went to the cell phone company and was asking if they could get the records on the cell phone, and they said they wouldn't give the information without a warrant. So we had to go get a warrant, and it cost us all this time. Blah blah blah. And uh, putting out this ridiculous fear-mongering story about why we suddenly need this end run around basic legislative process. So again, it is stupid, but it goes to show just how far I think the goalposts have moved in recent years, especially, of course, after 9-11 and the beginnings of that police state propaganda that we've been fed for the past decade. I mean, can you speak to the fact uh, just how far the the Canadian mindset has moved? I mean, we know a lot about the uh, the Americans and how a lot of people have bought onto the DHS and TSA tyranny. How about Canada? How is that playing into all of this? Well, no doubt. People around here are are uh, beginning to wake up. It, it's uh it, it's a slow process, but it is it is happening. Um like I said, I I first uh, noticed that uh, with uh, the comparison of how many people knew about Bilderberg just six years ago. Um, so, yeah, pe- people are coming around here, um, but, um, you know, we, we just got to keep doing what we're doing and plug plugging away, you know, every, every day as best we can um, because, uh, you know, spreading awareness is like dropping a pebble in a pond, you know. You get that ripple effect and it, and it continues to spread. So I, I think maybe we're still somewhat... Um, the, the movement here in Canada is still somewhat in its infancy, but it's really beginning to to take off. So um, I, I have a lot of hope for the future of of Canadians waking up in particular, um, because it, it seems like we're we're just at that kind of that 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 fork in the road, if you will, where things are really about to 
to take off, and I, I certainly have hope that um, that that they will. I hope so too. But uh, speaking of more police state measures, uh, I see you recently had a video about BC teen arrested for photographing RCMP. Tell us about that story. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, just heard about that one a few days ago, and and managed to get a hold of this young man. He's a young aspiring journalist. Um, wants to get into the field of journalism and. So uh, this is a young guy at a mall in BC who did what any good young aspiring journalist would, would do is, is to document what he felt was a newsworthy event. Uh, there was a man who was tackled by uh, mall security guards. And so he pulled out his camera and uh, started taking photos. And that's when they grabbed him and um, forced him to the ground, uh, told him he'd have to leave. And um, he, as he was walking out, um, he took one more picture of the RCMP, and that's when they said, get him, and they jumped on him and, and officially uh, you know, handcuffed him and, and arrested him. Uh, but the bottom line is, he, he did nothing wrong. Um, there, there's a little bit of a gray area there with it being private property, yet a public space at the same time. Um, but there's no trespassing signs. There's no no filming signs. I mean, there's people in malls taking pictures of their kids and filming all the time. So unless you inform them, I mean, just anybody is trespassing at any given time, and you could just arrest them for, for filming. You have to uh, explain to them what they're doing wrong, and, and he did not um, get that. So um, they're now, I, I believe they're working on organizing a, uh, a kind of a, a flash mob of photography where they want to arrange for a lot of photographers uh, to show up uh, in, in that area, in that mall, not, not to cause any problems, but just to make the point that when you go after the free press like this, um, the people will stand up, the people will fight back, they'll band together and fight back. So, uh, yeah, I just interviewed uh, that young man the other day. People can check that out as well at pressfortruth.tv, and I got it on the homepage right now at uh, pressfortruth.ca as well if, if anyone wants to see that interview. Well, again, of course, all of this brings to mind the question of what people can do as a type of solution. And I think that often we're presented with false templates, uh, false political templates of how we can motivate and, and bring people together on these issues as a way of uh, of trying to distract people. And perfect example is what's happening in the U.S. right now in the run up to the pu- puppet election, where people think that casting a vote for, you know, candidate D or candidate R is going to make any difference whatsoever in the underlying agenda. Of course, we know that's not the case. Again, in Canada, it doesn't matter if you're going to vote for a Harper or a Trudeau. If they both attend Bilderberg at some point in the future, then what what difference does it really make? So what can you say about that that underlying structure behind the, the political process, and what does that mean for, for the type of political action that would have any meaning in this uh, in this rigged game? Well, like you said, I, I, I'm, I'm in, uh, along the same lines as you where, you know, we, we can't continue to look to government to solve the problems of government. And people are starting to realize uh, the, the false left-right paradigm here and that um, democracy in general is turning into this illusion of choice. And it's such a, a tool to be used to manipulate the people into thinking that they are taking part in the process, they are uh, having having an effect. But as, as we've seen uh, time and time again, um, a, a vote for one side or a vote for the other is a vote for Bilderberg or is a vote for uh, Goldman Sachs or is a vote for the Illuminati. Call them what you want them, but um, both, both, sides, uh, both sides are often 
um, you know, more choreographed than a ballet. I think the first time I really woke up to that was back during the um, the race between George Bush and John Kerry. And when I learned about, uh, you know, that they're both members of Skull and Bones, very secretive uh, society where only 15 members get chosen a year. And then lo and behold, these two guys who are a part of the same uh, secret society at Yale University end up running against each other uh, for the presidency of the United States. So it's uh, it's it's a huge sham. I, I think we're being uh, played for for uh, a bunch of fools. Um, but I, at the same time, there there are good people in politics. I mean, Ron Paul is is, is a good example. He he had an amazing uh, amazing run there, but. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't know if, if looking uh, to vote somebody in is, is, is the answer. Um, you know, that's, well, you, uh, you've talked to people like Adam Kokesh and, of course, uh, Stefan Molyneux is there in Canada as well. There's a growing uh, anti-statist movement in Canada, and I must admit I've fallen off the statist bandwagon in recent years as well. I just do not think that voting for, for another person to take the reins of power is going to be the ultimate solution. What's your take yeah. on that? Are you, are you still on the political treadmill or do you think that uh, the solutions have to come from home? I'm, I'm leaning uh, more towards um, to, to, to what you're saying as well, James. I, I'm losing more and more uh, faith, I guess you could say, in, in the political system in that sense. And it, it has to be um, ground up grassroots. I mean, that that's, that's, that's the only way that anything is, is really going, going to get done here. I would like to refer people to your video, The Last Word on Voting. I, I think that really nailed it on the head. And if anybody wants to um, learn more about what, what we're talking about right now, go check out James's video, The Last Word on Voting. I thought you did a really good job at, at summing, summing it all up in that video. And I, I, I couldn't agree more with everything you said in that video. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning in that direction as well, James. Well, the, how does the old joke go? What's the difference between a minarchist and an anarchist? About a year, if he's being honest, something like that. And unfortunately, it is true. I think uh, once you start to question the fundamental precept of giving these people the power, then, then it's not too far to go to, to question why that power needs to exist at all. And uh, I hope more people will check into that philosophy, because honestly, I think that we have to start concentrating on building up the alternative communities we want, rather than just fighting back against uh, the tyranny that they're throwing at us. But on that note, once again, we're coming up against our final break, so we'll be back after this to talk a little bit more with Dan Dix about anything else he's working on and what's coming up in the future for Press for Truth. So don't touch that dial. We will be right back after these messages. All right, friends, welcome back. Here we are in the final moments of tonight's edition of Corbett Report Radio. Once again, we've been talking to Dan Dix of PressForTruth.ca and PressForTruth.tv. Once again, I hope you will go and check that out. And at the very least, check out the trailer for the forthcoming documentary on the Bilderberg, The Turning Point, which will be being released online on Monday. If you are a PressForTruth.tv member, you will be able to get a sneak peek of it this weekend. So I'm very much looking forward to that, being a PressForTruth.tv member myself. And I hope uh, other people will join and help support the work that's uh, coming out there. And uh, again, just so much information coming out from Dan Dix. He is a very busy man. But Dan, I've been peppering you with questions. Questions tonight? Anything else that you've been working on that you'd like to draw people's attention to, or anything coming up that you'd like to get people prepared for? 
Oh, man, I've got uh, a lot of big, exciting things in the works, but um, not, not not so much that I, I, I can talk about now because nothing's officially uh, solidly confirmed yet. But all I can say is um, people people need to stay tuned to Press for Truth because we're really going to be stepping up our game uh, in the next few months, if not uh, early next year. Um, again, as I said, taking our production value to a whole new level, um, introducing uh, more more content, and um, just trying to get better. I mean, I, I'm constantly just trying to get better at, at what I do. And uh, we have some things in, in the works now. Again, it's possibly a little too soon uh, to, to mention. But I can say um, that uh, th- things are going to be changing around here for the better. Um, that's for sure. So that people can just stay tuned to pressfortruth.ca. You'll start seeing uh, some of the changes. And if you're not subscribed to my YouTube channel, uh, be sure to subscribe there. Uh, to youtube.com slash weaving spider and in the very very near uh, future um our our videos are going to be just just getting better as, as best as we can really excellent well a nice little teaser there so again i hope people will be checking that out all right dan anything you'd like to say in conclusion tonight about the uh, the bilderberg or the new documentary uh, again, we're we're very excited to finally get this one out there. So we're we're really hoping people will um, watch it, and not only watch it, share the link, uh, spread it around, share the YouTube link. You know, put put it on your Facebooks, tweet it out on your Twitter, uh, email it to your friends, and just help us get the word out about the Bilderberg Group. Uh, again, this is a, a very comprehensive. A solid little documentary under under an hour. Um, so uh, yeah, we're, we're we're just very excited to to get this one out there, and we're we're hoping that people will uh, spread the word about this one uh, because as as we've seen, it's of incredible importance to expose the Bilderberg Group. It really is, and as I say, I'm looking forward to it myself. I'm a big fan of your work, so I am uh, I'm pleased to see that uh, there's more coming out, and I'm very much looking forward to it. So on that note, I think we'll leave it there. Dan Dix, PressForTruth.ca. PressForTruth.tv. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. All right, man. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you later. All right. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Dan Dix. Once again, I hope you will check out his work if you haven't yet done so. Just a lot of great work coming out there at Press for Truth. And on that note, that's going to do it for us for tonight. And in fact, for this week, once again, it'll be a rebroadcast tomorrow night. I will be back on Monday with all new episodes of this uh, radio program. And we'll be exploring uh, some, some very interesting topics next week. So I hope you'll stay tuned for that. And until then, thank you all for listening. So that's it for me. Thanks for listening and take care.